Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. So today we're going to keep on with our sermon. I'm going to do a little back and forth a little bit today in here. If you're watching online, you can put it in the comments. But today we're going to continue with our message series, and today I titled this message, Is There Something in Your Eye? Okay? And so we've been talking a little bit about a sermon that is from the greatest preacher that ever preached, the greatest message that was ever preached by the greatest preacher that's ever preached. And it is from the, let's see if we all know what this is from, it is from the Sermon on the... Yes! You guys have been listening. Online, have you guys been listening? You should put that in the comments. Let them know right now that you actually know what's going on. If you don't, they'll be thinking you didn't pay any attention last week or the week before. So today we're looking at Matthew chapter 7. I'm going to go through this. And if you don't mind, is it okay if I, if I teach some things this morning? If it's okay if we roll through some things kind of, not fast, but I'm going to roll through some things. And, and you can go back and double check and read some things. I'll put it all on the screen. Put it on the screens for you at home, wherever you're at right now. But, but I, I, I want to go through this because I want to do a little... This is quite a bit that Jesus talks about in Matthew 7. So I'm going to break this down, but I'm going to talk about three different areas that he talks about in here considering this, this idea of is there something in your eye? Now, we've all got something in our eye before. If you've never gotten anything in your eye, uh, you just had not lived long enough. It's going to happen. Haley was out working at her parents' house the other day. She was out trimming hedges and doing some stuff. You know how you're out there. And <clears throat> we were just talking. I'd just gotten back from work. Kids right there running around doing stuff. You know, we're all talking outside and... All of a sudden, she just like freaks out, you know, like, ah, she's like, and I don't know, was it a wasp on her? I don't know what's going on, man. She's like, something's in my eye, it's in my eye, and she's got both eyes closed, you know. It's just one, but, but you know how it does, it's just, it's the worst feeling ever, isn't it? And she's trying to help me by showing me, she's pulling her eyeball all the way down. I'm like, baby, I can't see it. She's like, it's in there, it's in there, can't you see it? No, I can't see it. And so I remembered my tech school training. And I thought I would help her out. I said, oh, here's what we're going to do. Let me go get the water hose, right? I get the water hose out. I said, here's what you do. You put some water in your cup. And I learned this from like, you know, one of the few things I remember from Texaco. But we had these eye-washing stations where they were like goggles, right? You put these things and they had flushing systems in them. So you, you put them over your eyes and you squeeze and it just flushes your eyes with water. And what it does is it actually gets the junk out of your eye or it forces it to the middle. At least you can, you know, get it out. And so I'm telling her, put some water in and, you know, kind of put some pressure into it. And she's like, it's not working. And I didn't know if she's going to kill me or if I was going to get this stuff out of her eye before it happened. I didn't know what was, you know, I'm nervous, but, but I could tell, you know, it's, it's just irritating, you know. And she's going, by, finally, about the third or fourth time, she's got water. She's drenched with water. And the kids are like, man, is mom going to be okay kind of thing. And finally it comes out. She's like, oh, I think that's got it. You know, you'd have thought, and it's like when you get something in your eye, you, it feels like it's the end of the world. Forget COVID, man. You're like, this is going to kill me, man. I'm, it's crazy. Well, imagine this, though. It's frustrating, though, when you think about that situation. What if she would have told me, stop judging me. Leave me alone. Stop trying to help me get stuff out of my eye. Let me alone. What if she had just been like that versus... Letting me help her. I'm the person. I didn't have anything in my eye. I could see clearly. She couldn't. What if she looked at me and said, you're just being judgmental. You're just being all over me. Stop looking at me. Leave me alone. You know, what if, you're just trying to judge me. What if she, we would have thought, that's crazy. But that's what we do so many times when people try to help us 
that have nothing in their eyes. It's so funny how Christians do this a lot. In, the, in their culture today, it's so common. You've all heard this. Don't you judge me. <laughs> you know, like, I'm sorry. I wasn't judging you. I was just like, I thought I was helping. Like, you, you told me your issue. I was going to tell you something that I thought would help. You all of a sudden, don't judge me. Well, you shouldn't have told me. Like, why are you getting all mad all of a sudden? I thought we was in this together. I was trying to help you, you know. So I would say that too many times the word judging is used in the place of helping. Too many times, okay? So if you're the one that is hurting or you're the one that is offended, help often feels like judgment. But it's not. It's help. And how can we know if someone's actually helping us versus judging us? So let's look at what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 7. I'll read this to you, and then we're going to break it down a little bit, okay? So Matthew's gospel, chapter 7, look at verse 1. This is what Jesus says. He says, do not judge so that you will not be judged. For in the way that you judge, you will be judged by your standard of measure. It will be measured back to you. Why do you look at the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye and behold the log that is in your own eye? Now watch what Jesus says. He, calls, he says, you're a hypocrite. But he didn't say, stop helping people. He just said, you first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly how to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Then he says, do not give what is holy. To, it almost sounds like he's switching gears here, but we'll talk about this at the end. Do not give what is holy to dogs and do not throw your pearls before swine or they'll trample them under their feet and then they'll turn and tear you to pieces. So we're going to look at each one of these, okay? First thing, don't judge me. This is a statement we hear all the time. I've heard this. As long as I've been a Christian, I've heard people say, don't judge me. I mean, people just, it's like the first thing that comes out of our mouths many times when, when we need help with something. So don't judge me. You know, this is not the same as evaluating or examining. Jesus did not say that you cannot evaluate or examine people. Just, let's just be real clear this morning. If you're watching at home right now, Jesus did not tell you. If your teenager says, don't you judge me. Listen, don't, that isn't, you, he did not say you cannot examine what's going on and check up on them. He did not say you just must go along with everything that everybody says. He said you actually, I'm going to give you some scripture here, you actually are supposed to examine and check out people before you start hanging out with them all the time. Matthew 7, 20, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to put them on the screen. You write them down. Go back and read these later. Matthew 7, 20, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their what? It, that is examination, my friends. That is checking people out. 1 John 4, verse 1, listen to this. All the Christians watching online in this room, listen right now to this. Do not believe everybody who claims to be a Christian or a believer. The word Christian in my opinion, has just about been overused because everybody's a Christian now. They say 80% of the United States of America considers themselves to be a Christian. That is bologna sandwich with mustard and cheese. Not possible. If that is the case, we don't know what Christianity means. Don't believe everybody who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must... I can't even believe this is in the Bible. Can you... You must test them to see if the spirit that they have comes from God. For there are many false prophets in the world. What that means is this. If you have children, you find out first if that family really is who they say they are before you let Junior stay with them. It means if you're going to hang out with them and spend a lot of 
close-knit time with people, you make sure they are of the faith. I didn't say you can't reach them. I didn't say you can't pray for them. I didn't say you can't influence them for Christ. But if you're going to spend time with people, if you're going to engage with them, deep conversations and put your heart on the line with people, you better make sure they are a believer. Paul says this, don't be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. Why? They will break your heart. They'll break your heart. And if you go in business with them, they'll break your bank account. That's the truth. So what do you do? You examine. You test them out. Don't you judge me. I ain't judging. I'm examining right now. There's a big difference. So to judge something, what does that mean, Pastor Jody? To judge something is to make a judgment with the authority to back it up. Here's what the word judge means. I'm going to say something to you. Don't freak out. Don't freak out online. Don't clip this out. Say, look what Pastor Jody said. I'm going to give you something. Listen to what it means. Judge means to condemn something. The slang for that means to damn something. This is why when people use the word GD, it is not an authoritative word to be used by humans because you as a human, you as a human, me as, we can't say that because you're declaring that God should damn something and you don't have that authority. I don't have that authority. That's why that word is such an, uh, you know, when you hear it, it's like, uh, it just kind of goes all over you as a believer. Why? Because you, they don't have the authority to say that. Only God, and when he gets ready to do it, he don't need any help from anybody. Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, when he said he was going to do it, he did it. To condemn something. It's the slang word that's used today. That's why you shouldn't say that over people. It means to damn something or to someone. To judge means to call into question. It has actually, we're, it's actually linked to a spiritual calling. It's why you, you got to watch who you hang with. Because it means they will actually question your calling. They will, they will, are you really a Christian? Are you, come on, are you really going to keep serving this Jesus? To judge. Now you and I need to evaluate people in situations and things like that. But listen, I'm just telling you, we're not judging when we do that. If that was the case, I'm about to read you something out of the Bible that you may not even know that's there. Maybe you do, I'm not saying that you wouldn't know, but it's, not even it's so so uncommon today i bet you've never heard of it being used in a church let's read this this is the proof that we're not judging people but there's nothing wrong with evaluating first corinthians 6 verse 1 it says when one of you have a dispute with his brother or another believer this would be a dispute with someone in your church family how dare you file a lawsuit and then ask a secular court to decide the matter instead of taking it to another believer now i did not say you understand this Somebody comes at you with a lawsuit, you need an attorney to help you get through that. That's not what that's talking about, okay? Sometimes you've got to deal with court issues. You've got to take matters to courts. That's not this. This is like me and my friend Gary over here. If, if, if Gary and I get in a big old, you know, argument, I go over his house and I take his golf clubs, right? He's like, oh, hey, man, where'd you do my golf clubs? And I got them at my house. Well, now we're in a big old fight, right? This is brothers. And Paul says, okay, these kind of things... Watch what he says right here, what happens next. How dare you take that to court? That's ridiculous. He says this, don't you realize that someday we believers will judge the world? Did you know that? And since you are going to judge the world, can't you decide even these little things among yourselves? Don't you realize that we will judge angels? So you should surely be able to resolve an ordinary dispute like, why would you take Gary's golf clubs, Pastor? If you have legal disputes about such matters, why go to outside judges who are not respected by the church? That's a whole different message. Verse 5. Listen to the words of Paul. 
for all the Christians who don't like to be told anything about being corrected or anything, but God just loves everybody. L- listen to what Paul, he says, I am saying this to shame you. <laughs> Paul, like, he was crazy. I'm saying this to shame you. Isn't there anyone in all the church who's wise enough to decide these issues? But instead, one believer sues another right in front of unbelievers. Here's what, in a sense, what he's saying is, is there nobody wise enough to get between Gary and Jody and golf clubs? In all the church, are we saying there's not one person? Can we not get counsel enough to decide the matter between golf clubs? Jody's going to steal Gary's golf clubs and nobody can fix it? Surely, that shouldn't be the case. That's not judging. That's stepping in, evaluating the situation, examining the situation, and saying, hey, Pastor Jody, you're wrong. Why don't you take his golf clubs? And I might say, well, he's been borrowing my drill for three years. So I decided I'd take his golf clubs until he gives me my drill back. So then people go to Gary and say, Gary, did you take his drill? And he goes, well, I mean, I guess I did. It's, I, didn't, I forgot about it. Why don't you take my golf clubs? Because I was too insecure to deal with it like a normal man. I decided to go around and do some weird stuff, right? So then what do people do? Wise spiritual people work it out. They fix it. Too many times that's not the case. Most times people get angry and go bananas. This is what Stephen Covey says. He says, we judge ourselves by our intentions and other people by their behavior. We judge ourselves by our intentions and other people by their behavior. What if we flipped this around? What if we said we judge others by their intentions and ourselves by our behavior? How would that change our perception of one another? Don't judge me. I'm not judging. I'm not God. I'm not going to condemn you. But if you ask me just to accept anything that you tell me, it ain't going to happen. I don't even do that with my children. I love my kids, but I'm going to check out some stuff, right? R- wouldn't you, right? Hey, we're going to go over here. Hey, this is what's happening at this so-and-so's house. I'm going to call so-and-so. Hey, my kid says, because how many know this is true? Sometimes they don't know, huh? Oh, yeah, no, they can come over. It's fine. Okay. You know how it is, right? You got you to gotta check things out. Evaluate. It's not judging. Next thing Jesus says here that I think is very interesting. He says this. If you, if, if you yourself, how are you going to say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, and then look, there's a beam in your own eye. Now, imagine if I had with Haley, all right? This looks more like a bazooka. But, like, imagine if I had, this was me, and I, Haley's like, I got... I got something in my eye. She's freaking out over there like, ah. And I'm going, here, let me help you. Let me help you. Now, this looks foolish, doesn't it? But this is what Jesus was saying. How are you going to help someone else get a speck that you can't see out of their eye when you yourself have a beam? It is not a stick. Jesus used the word beam or a log. It is the actual word, the beam. It, is, it would actually be bigger than this, structural beam. How can you help somebody if you look like this? You're going to look like what he said, a what? A hypocrite. First, though, what, he doesn't say stop helping people. Remove the beam from your own eye so that you can see clearly how to help other people get a speck out of their eye. Check for some specks. Jesus said to look. How do you do it? Get it out of your own eye first and help other people. Imagine a football team where the coach never corrected his players. 
Now, here's the thing. This is a Christianity. If you're watching online, listen. You know this is true. In this room, you know this is true. If it, not one Christian that I know that loves their football team in college football or pro football, whatever you like, not one Christian do I know would stand for a coach that just sat on the sidelines and just let them make bad plays all day long, just let them do whatever they want to do all day long, never score, they never win a football game. I don't know of one Christian who's so sanctified that would just sit there and be like, well, you know, but he loves them boys. He loves those boys so much. He's such a good guy. Nobody does that. But it's funny how when you get into the church, that's how we perceive the Bible. Well, we just need to love everybody. Well, yeah, we need to love everybody. But just because we love everybody doesn't mean I don't help people and correct them at times. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says this, All Scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the Son of Man might be, or that the man of God might be adequate and equipped for every good work. Listen, we know what teaching, training, correction is. Those are easy to understand. But what is about the word reproof? A reproof is a warning. It's a warning. It's a spiritual, someone with spiritual authority that gives you a warning. It's how a parent does to a child that says, listen, I'm telling you, you don't need to be with those people. I'm telling you, this is not healthy. This is not going to be good for you. Why do they do it? Because they love them. Spiritual reproof is a spiritual warning. And people forget sometimes as, as like elders, pastors, spiritual leaders, listen, I'm telling you, we're not just preachers from a book up here that goes like, well, let me just give you something today. I hope you help you. No, 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 no. The Bible says we are guards, if you will. We watch over your souls. I don't know if you guys ever think about that, the weight of that. So whenever you hear people get mad at us and they go putting us on blast, that's why, by the way, I'm off of Facebook. Like, if you try to, I'm done. I'm done. Because I can't even get on there anymore That's somebody send me something stupid. So I'm done. Our church is going to be there on there, but if you find me, I'm off. I'm done. I'm done. I'm tired of it. I'm, I'm just done. I'm not doing it because the Kardashians banned it. I'm just done. I can't, I can't even get on there anymore without people sending me goofy stuff. But this is why people put us on blast because they get all mad at us. And you don't know the whole situation. They're going to run our name through the mud, and then people side with them. We have no idea how much we tried to help, pray, work through, counsel, deal with them. But it comes a point in time where people keep hurting people. What am I supposed to do? I don't let it keep going on. Okay, that's enough. You're done. Will you just kick them out of the church? No. No. If you're going to be here, this is how you've got to act. You're choosing by your actions not to be a part of this. I didn't kick them out. But it's amazing how people side with people who will just tear us down and have no idea how much we have. Because we can't say anything. Because it wouldn't be appropriate. Not that I hadn't almost done it before. But <laughs> First Timothy 5.20 says this. Those who continue in sin, he says this, rebuke in the presence of all so that the rest of the church will be afraid of sinning. Brother, I mean, listen, I almost did this one time. I'm not making this up. Somebody, they kept on, they kept on, they kept on. There's hurting people in our church. And I was about this close. I mean, I about let it slip one day. It was like on the edge. I even said it and I was like, I'm thinking about telling you. You want me to tell the name? You want me to tell you? And y'all was like, oh, whoa, would he do it? Oh, it was close. You know why? Because I'm a shepherd. I'm not just a, I'm not a Bible teacher. I'm a shepherd. You know what shepherds do? They protect sheep. They don't just preach messages. They watch out for, why do I do it? Because I'm a, I'm a guard and watch over souls. 
And when someone keeps hurting people and intentionally doing wrong to people, it hurts many. I can't let that keep going on. So anyway, Paul said, you do it publicly. I've never done that before. That's what he told Timothy. Do it publicly. Can you imagine what would happen? The jaws would drop. Masks would fall from the faces. Like, but people would, in the street, people would leave going like, shoot. I ain't got to worry about Pastor Jody. Like, I, one thing's for sure, that church. They ain't going to let that go on long. That's the way it's supposed to be. So what do you do? You you check for specs. You evaluate. You get the log out of your own eyes. So what can you help people get stuff out of there? And the last thing Paul, that, that Jesus said, this is amazing to me. He says, basically, watch out for pigs. It's like, what? Don't give the holy stuff to dogs and don't cast your pearl pearls before swine. That's what the Bible says. You probably heard this familiar phrase. It's not pigs like piglet. Like if you're thinking like little piglet, <laughs> you know, oh, I don't know what to do. That's not the kind of pigs he's talking about. If you've ever watched online, some of you guys who hunt, you've seen these like wild boar. Go online and Google this. You see these things are weird, wicked looking, crazy things. They got teeth coming out like, like that. They look... They're about the size of, some of them are 200 pounds, some of them 400 pounds. They're wild hogs. And they're vicious. They'll attack you, man. They're, they're, and they're fast. They can run up to 30 miles, some of them 30 miles an hour. Have you ever seen a pig move like that? They ain't real like, they're not these little cute little, like Charlotte's Web. There's little, you know, that's not what this is. These things are crazy. He said, listen, don't cast your pearls before the swine. And what that means is this you got to know who you can help. And you got to know when you can't help them. I'm just saying this if you're watching at home this morning as we wrap up today. Sometimes you got to be wise enough spiritually to go, I can no longer help them. I've got to turn them over to the Lord. Trust the Holy Spirit is going to do a work in their life because they're not going to listen to me anymore. And if you continue to do so, You're basically taking any wisdom that you have, any insight that the Holy Spirit has given you, and they're just trampling it under their feet. And this is true. I've seen this happen before. If you keep doing it, they'll turn on you. They will actually turn on you and try to devour you. They'll say all kinds of evil against you, and you are the one trying to help. Be wise enough spiritually to know who you can help and who you can't help. Galatians says this in Galatians 6.1, wrap up this last verse. It says, Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, it means you've, you've taken the time, you've gotten the beam out of your own eye, right? You who are spiritual, <clears throat> restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness. Look into yourself so that you too will not be tempted. He says, look, you who are spiritual, restore them. But you've got to be wise and know, can they be restored? If they're going to turn on you, you've got to trust the Lord. Too many times we want to help them more than they want to help themselves. And you can't help people who don't want to help themselves. Now this morning, as we close up today, I want to pray for you, those of you at home right now, those in this room right now as well. There's some of you in here, man, listen, I'm telling you, I love you. You're as sweet as you can be. You're watching online. I love you. You're as sweet as you can be. And you want to reach the whole world. And you got all this compassion for people. And your heart is so big. But I'm just telling you, 
there are people in your life that are just using you. They're taking advantage of you. You're a good person and you're such a sweet person and you wonder why they just keep coming back to you. I'm telling you, because you need to tell them enough's enough. They won't do one thing you've asked them to do. You're going to say, I'm sorry, I can't help you in this situation. I dare you to tell somebody, you can't help them and watch what happens. You'll find out if they really, really appreciate you or not. You'll see. But some of you need to put your hand up and say, I'm sorry. I can't do any more for you. And see how they respond. Some of you this morning, you actually need some help from people. I'm going to pray for you, those of you online, those in the stream, you, you actually need some help. And you need to open your heart up and let some people speak into your life. They have some spiritual authority. Maybe it's a pastor, elder, or maybe it's a small group leader, a spiritual leader in our church or somebody. You need to open your heart and let someone help you navigate some situations in your life. I want to pray for you right now on any one of those two things. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray today you'd help give the strength to people this morning that need to yield their lives to you. They, they need to acknowledge you, Lord, in a way that says, God, I, I trust you that you're going to help these other people that I can't help. I've tried to help them, Lord. I, God, you've seen what I've done. I've tried to help them. I've tried to do this and I've tried to do that, but they just keep ignoring it or they keep doing the wrong thing or they won't listen to me or they, they, they just I feel like they're just using my goodness. Father, I pray you'd help those people be strong to say, I'm sorry, I can't help you this time. So that they might see what kind of person they're dealing with. There's those right now that they need help, Lord, they need to open their heart to you. Spiritually, they need to yield their heart to you right now, to other people. They need people to walk them through some things. I pray in Jesus' name, they would have the wisdom and the strength to let down pride, open up their heart, and let you work through people to help them get the specks out of their eyes. Most of all, I pray today for those who don't know you. I pray that they would come to Christ right now. If you're listening, just with your eyes closed as we're praying, you don't know Jesus, you need to accept him as your Savior. Would you just pray this prayer with me right now? Would you simply pray, Dear Father in heaven, I come to you today, and I give you my life. I surrender everything to Jesus, I make Jesus the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Man, if you prayed that prayer, we're so proud of you, right, church? Would you give them a hand right now online? Would you let them know how much you appreciate them? So proud of you. Listen on screens right now. You'll see this connect.cornerstonerome.com. And in this room as well, we don't have paper means, but you go to connect.cornerstonerome.com. We want to help you get started with some spiritual literature, help you get started walking with Christ. If you'll do that online right now, some of our pastors on our online campus would love to help you right now get started walking with Jesus. Before we go today, man, I always want to pray this over our church every single week. We love to speak this over you. The scriptures say in Numbers chapter 6 and verse 24, it says this, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Man, that's our prayer for you today. God bless you guys. We love you so much, man. We'll see you next time. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.